Hello. Oh my God. Sorry. Hello. Welcome. I have a script here. So first thing it says is beginning in on time. So we are beginning at 345. Welcome to the final Saturday workshop of the 2016 Region 2 Convention. My name is Judy. I am a compulsive overeater and your moderator for this workshop. Hello. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Before we begin, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please check again. The opinions expressed here are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. There will be audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. This workshop will have speakers followed by Ask It Basket questions. During the workshop, please keep the basket moving. So once it's been around, it can go around a couple more times because you might come up with something later. The topic for this session is body image, sexuality, relationships. It's a trip. <laughs> And the principle we're talking about is identity. We will begin with the selection from Alcoholics Anonymous, page 68, 69, and Voices of Recovery, page 152. Now about sex. Many of us needed an overhauling there. We want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. I can place God as the ultimate authority over all my relationships and pray to be a trusted servant instead of a controller. With that, let's welcome Amy, who's our first speaker. Hi, my name is Amy, and I am a compulsive overeater. Hi, Amy. <clears throat> um, first, I'm going to qualify. I have been in program for about 10 years, and I have been abstinent for nine years. <clears throat> I have worked the 12 steps, although I'm very slow. I'm a slow learner, and that's okay. Um, I once heard a speaker say that um, he sponsored um, where they did one step a year, and I loved that idea. Loved it. Um, so that's, that's pretty much my... That's how I go. Um, I have um, released 80 to 75 pounds. I don't really know because I don't really know my top weight, but I think my top weight was around 236 pounds. My lowest weight was 214 pounds, and I am 5'8 um, for my height. Currently, I'm maintaining about 155 pounds. That took me about seven years. So like I said, I'm really I'm a slow learner, but I never stopped coming back. Um, I wanted to start with just um, a story 
from 10 years ago, I came to our Region 2 convention in San Jose. It wasn't at this hotel. Was anyone there 10 years ago? Awesome. Awesome. I was not abstinent. I had just been in program maybe eight months. And I was in this huge ballroom, and I had put a question in the ask it basket, and my question got picked. And my question was, my husband is leaving me. How can I not take this personally because I'm fat? And the speakers didn't know what to do with that. (laughs) But I just want to say it's just been amazing to see how life comes around in 10 years. Amazing. I am grateful every day that my husband left me. I, I pray for him every day. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for having the courage, because I wouldn't have done it. Um, my current story, so just to get current, um, yesterday I won an award at work. And this was an award that had a cash value attached to it. So I really wanted some money. And I went around asking my colleagues to write in for me about how great I was. Now, these are colleagues that I trust. and But I'm, I really do not like my job. So I, just, I was like, I really, need, I really need this bonus. Yesterday, I won the award. And my punishment is that my photograph now goes in the office, up on a plaque. So, uh, yes, it's God's sense of humor that I have come this far that I now have to have, you know, and talking about body image, I have to have my photo up on the, on the wall for a year until someone else wins the award. So, um, anyway, that's what happened yesterday. When I was thinking about body image, um, I, I, don't, I didn't think I was the greatest speaker on this one because um, I, kn- I do have sponsees who are very obsessed about their body image, and, and I have compassion, um, but I, didn't really, I couldn't really relate. Um, but then I started thinking, I, I can relate. One... You know, seriously thinking that my husband left me because I was fat. That, that's major rejection. Um, when I, um, I, I, a little bit of my story, I was of a healthy weight, pretty skinny um, growing up in my early 20s. Um, when I got pregnant at the age of 30, I put on 100 pounds, and those pounds never came off. Actually, it got worse. Um, so I didn't experience growing up any kind of um, shame, but I definitely experienced it in my, my marriage. Um, when I had given birth to my son, nine months later, I was still wearing maternity clothes because they fit and they were comfortable. Um, my husband's friend came to visit from out of state, and she was like, we got to go shopping and um, she took me to Old Navy. They didn't have plus sizes there. So it was just another way to be shamed. Um, my bottom, hitting bottom in OA, was when my boss had to tell me that my, I had a coworker complain about my body odor. 
and that I had to take care of my hygiene. I mean, I was so completely disconnected from my body. I didn't know how to take care of myself. Um, it was pretty bad. But I didn't care. You know, it's kind of one of those things. <clears throat> so I started to, you know, I, I was thinking, well, okay, that's how it was. Well, what's the solution? One of the things that worked for me is accepting myself exactly where I was. None of this future tripping, like I'm going to have these clothes in my closet that one day I will wear. I had to accept that if I'm at this, it, at this size, I need to buy clothes in this size that fit me and so that I can just feel a little bit better about myself. Um, I also did lots of affirmations. I um, would actually put hands on parts of my body that I didn't like and say, I love you, but you got to go. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. It, you know, because really I feel like this is a program of learning how to love yourself. And that is exactly what I had to do first. So just, just telling myself, I love you, was, it was a miracle, and it worked. As far as sexual intimacy, um, I am happy to answer any questions. Please fill out questions into the Ask It basket. I don't really know a whole lot to say there. Um, uh, what I was thinking was, um, I've had a whole lot of sex that I didn't want to have. And that's just not being in integrity with myself. So as I started to love myself, I actually had to take a break from, from sexual relationships. Um, after I got divorced, um, I took a break. And I just was like, I'm just going to learn how to love myself first. And it re that really was um, what I needed to do. Um, how it's now, I have a wonderful partner. I had to go through dating some guys that were, I don't want to say anything negative, so you kind of get the picture maybe. Um, I, I, for every, every time I dated someone new, it was someone, it, I had lessons to learn and I kept getting someone better and better and better and now I'm engaged. And so I have to say that Part of the thing that works for me with sex is I don't have sex with someone until I know that they love me. Not my body, not what I look like, but they love me. And then there is no body shaming. There's no, there are no issues. It's great. It's fun. It's like, it's a bonus to the relationship. So, again, like if you have any questions about sex, I'd be happy to answer them, but I don't really know. Oh, and the other thing I did want to say is that um, I did do a sex inventory, um, and I actually wrote out boundaries about my sexual behaviors, and that really, really helped me. For instance, I will not have sex unless I want to. So um, that really helped me. As far as um, relationships, I really believe in kind of the hierarchy or the priorities of the relationships where my relationship with my higher power is number one, then my relationship with myself, then my relationship with others. This program has given me a higher power and has given me a life 
beyond what I could have ever imagined. And I'm sure you've been hearing that all day, um, but that is my experience. Um, I gave my body size over to my higher power. I decided that my body size was not my business. I had certain actions that I was responsible to take on a daily basis, but I really, at, at, in, as part of my recovery, I could not believe that I could lose weight or that I would be a healthy weight. I just couldn't believe it. I just, I didn't have the hope. Um, I come from a very small town where there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of recovery. So I didn't have the hope. I didn't have all of you telling me it's possible. So what I had to do was just give it over to my higher power and just believe, you know, if, if a miracle is going to happen, God's going to do it. And um, I believed maybe I could be a size 10. And one day I woke up and I was a size 8. And that was all my higher powers doing. Um, my relationship with myself is based on my relationship with my higher power. I know that I'm unconditionally loved um, because I have a higher power who loves me. I... That helps me then learn to love myself and to do things that are in my self-interest and to do things that where I am in integrity with myself. Um, I love the word integrity. It's just kind of one of my foundational things. Um, it's that integrity to me also is that I am my word um, because everything else can change. My body can change. I could put more weight. I mean, I, I'm getting older. Things change. I can't, I'm not being able to see things close up now. I mean, so all I really have is my word, is how I think of it. And then relationship with others. Um, someone asked me today that I just met, she said, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned this year? And um, what I said was, my relationship with my sponsor is one of the most special relationships I have. My sponsor had a horrible, horrible family tragedy happen a couple months ago, and she's not been available to me. No resentment there. I mean, it's just, it's been horrible. But I miss her, and I have spoken to the same sponsor every week for the last nine years, and now she's not there. And it wasn't until she wasn't there that I realized how much she had given to me. So I have a very intimate relationship with my sponsor. It doesn't have, It's not sexual intimacy, but it's the intimacy to me that actually means the most. Um, she's the one that I gave my fist up to. I have been, she's the one I can tell anything, know that I am not judged. She does not give me advice. She only gives me her her ear and her love, and um, I truly miss her. I also have um, relationships with my parents that I wouldn't have had without program. And I, I need to wrap it up, but I have to say that um, I did a, an amends with my dad about six years ago. He was the first one that I had done my amends with because um, my sponsor told me to pick an easy one, and I knew that he loved me. Um, so I did an amends. I did a real quick amends. Sorry, Dad, for stealing money when I was a teenager or whatever. He, he said, I forgive you. 
and three days later he died. Wow. So this program gave me that closure. I also hadn't made amends to my mom. I'm really sad that the parent that I loved the most is the one who's left me, but I love my mom too. Um, I made amends with her. She is, I had to kind of take some time away from her, but now she is my daily prayer partner. I call her every morning. She lives in a different state, and we pray together. And that is a miracle. That's what this program gave me. So um, just to wrap it up, um, you know, just acceptance is the key. We, we hear this, but I just accept myself exactly how I am today, where I am today. And um, I know that beauty doesn't come from the outside. It comes from within. So thank you. Is the asket basket still moving? Did it get stuck? Yes. It is. Okay. Um, our second speaker is Audra. Hi, everyone. I'm Audra, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I forgot my badge. I'm so sorry. I was, um, I took it off to go to lunch, and I was so, ex- and then took a little rest, and I was so excited to get here, I forgot to put it on. Um, and, um, uh, that was beautiful, Amy. That was that was very beautiful. Um, I got a couple of statistics. It's always I love numbers, and um, it could be to my detriment sometimes. But um, uh, I was seven years old. My first memory of um, overeating, uh, manipulating, and lying to get that food. And um, uh, my first meeting. My 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 sister, you know, got my sister discovered a way. Maybe seventy seven, seventy eight. She took my mom. My mom took me. But I was not. I think I was twenty one. Um, uh, there was no way I was going to lead a spiritual life, not with the reckless abandon that um, that I did. Anyway, so. Um, uh, I was a, a compulsive overeater, and I my. Um, uh, vocation. I was a soldier. I was in the United States Army, and there were weight requirements. So, as a requirement for employment, I had to keep my weight down, and it was um, uh, diet and exercise. And um, definitely, part of my self worth as a soldier was what I looked like, and that just came with the job. Um, in 1986, November 1986, is when I joined OA. And that was followed by a lot of a number of years uh, through the 90s of on again, off again abstinence. I know OA works because I'm abstinent now, but I was. Uh, I do have a, a, a little bit of written here, just so I don't forget important stuff. Um, and then, so I was a compulsive overeater, um, and then two years, a year and a half into OA. I had a friend who, I met a friend who was anorexic bulimic. And so I thought, hmm. So anyway, I became bulimic in 1988. And then um, 
uh, free of bulimia January 1st, 2002, but not abstinent until November 28th, 2005. And I like specifics. I try my best not to judge a speaker when she says, oh, I have 30 years of recovery. What does that mean? I want to know. But that's just me. I... Because I've had hundreds of abstinent states, I'm talking hundreds, you can understand why November 28, 2005 is so important to me. Thank you. And um, when it comes to body image, sexuality, and relationships, if I'm not careful, I could talk about mom and dad for the whole 15. And... (laughs) But that's not healthy. That's not program. And I just want to address that portion and then move on a little bit. Um, It's been a long time since I've had to blame them for my behavior and my low self-esteem. Thanks to working the steps, abstinence, and some therapy, my relationships with each of them were healed as much as one could expect them to be. Having been molested by my father, it resulted in deep shame, feelings of worthlessness, and that I was only good for sex, because it was also my brother, too. I soon learned that food was comfort when all I wanted to do was disappear. I actually used to sit in the closet and play and um, see how long it would be before they noticed I wasn't around and they would come looking for me. I got chubby despite my father. Uh, He didn't like overweight people. He made it clear he didn't like overweight people. But back then, I didn't mind hurting you. No, I didn't mind hurting myself if I could hurt you. That's how I just, I was spiteful, I suppose. My mom didn't like fat people either. She always wanted to put me on a diet whenever I came home on leave and I was, you know, a, a, a little heavy. And one time she told me I looked like a football player. I mean, me looking like a football player. Um, and some of the lessons that um, I learned from mom uh, kind of messed me up. Uh, she knew my dad was a molester, and she didn't protect me. From that, and I, I didn't learn this as a kid. This is years later. I learned not to trust women. If the main woman in my life didn't protect me, I didn't trust you. She also told me, that I had to cover up and and cover up from head to toe whenever my father was around. Thank you, 10 minutes left. So that, did that mean I was at fault? This was in my head. But what else I learned from her was to always put the man first, no matter what it did to me. I'm glad to report, thanks to therapy and especially steps eight and nine, I I did make amends, uh, lots of forgiveness. Um, and we, a mom and I were very, were very good friends, and I miss her very much. About body image, and things. Um, age is one thing. I'm I'm not bad. I'm I'm close to sixty years old, and thanks to being a little older and maintaining a healthy weight now for for oh I didn't tell you I'm sorry. Um, I've lost about thirty pounds. Released <laughs> about thirty pounds, maintaining around one twenty three. Um, I no longer hate my body. It's strong and healthy, and I'm grateful for that. I no longer see my legs as tree trunks. 
I accept the cellulite and the loose skin on my thighs and butts and my arms that wave, tw- wave twice. And it's just not age. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many push-ups I do. It's not just age that, um, you know, that I'm starting to, to show. I have my disease to think. Because of losing and gaining weight so many times, I have a lot of loose skin. But um, because I wear clothes, you don't get to see it. And um, uh, <clears throat> my fragile self-esteem used to be dependent on whether my stomach was flat or not. And if I was puffy, it didn't matter if it was hormonal or what it was, I felt fat and I wanted to hide. Uh, jump to the, the present for just a second. For the last two years, I've had an undiagnosed stomach problem that resulted in extreme abdominal pain, and my stomach would just blow up and hurt because it stretched out. And thank goodness I was in recovery because that swollen belly did not, not, did not affect my self-esteem. I was just in a lot of pain. Um, my self-esteem today comes from being a child of God, doing esteemable acts, and taking really good care of myself. Today, I can honestly say without arrogance that I love who I am. I am worth whatever it takes, whatever work it takes to maintain recovery. I'm worth it. And I know that each and every one of you are worth it too. A little bit about sexuality. I was a user. I used sex, people, food, alcohol, and hard work to get my way or to change how I was feeling. Sex was a weapon and it was a tool, rather than what I believe today, the beautiful expression of love between spouses. I, I was shut down back then. I was shut down from the trauma of incest, but it didn't prevent me from being promiscuous. I was heterosexual and yet I hated men. It was quite a predicament. <laughs> And then I joined the army, which is mostly men, and I had a problem with authority. So I was... <laughs> wow. I didn't experience my, uh, the, uh, the full expression of my sexuality until my, into my 40s. And I, I agree with that statement. I don't have it unless I want to. Um, a combination of step work, therapy, abstinence, and maintaining a healthy weight has helped me very much ex- accept and even explore my sexuality. I still have difficulties today. I occasionally have flashbacks. And I'm in a happy marriage, and I don't take it for granted. It takes a lot of work. And lastly, relationships. I bet any one of us could spend an entire hour on that, on that subject. Food. Food was my number one relationship for many, many years. Everything and everyone took a back seat to what food was doing to me. And I had quite an imagination when I was younger. I daydreamed a lot. Um, And I daydreamed that I was with people that weren't in the room. And that skill was helpful. Uh, It helped. Five minutes left, thank you. That skill was very helpful because perhaps it helped me survive a time when I didn't feel safe. But later on in life, it was a hindrance. Just the other day, I was in a staff meeting, and I floated away, 
And they said something, and oh my goodness, I had to interrupt, and I said, can you say that again? I, I left for a second. <laughs> Sometimes you really shouldn't be so honest with regular people. <laughs> they looked at me really funny, <laughs> like, where'd you go? <laughs> anyway, when I started the 12-step way of life, this probably November 1986, I actually was a little disappointed to find out that it was a we program. I mean, I knew it was about God because I had heard about the program prior to November of 86. And I really wanted it to just be God and me and nobody else, but it didn't work that way. And, um, but you know, I set myself up for failure. Um, I initially, I chose a sponsor who was just as uncomfortable with people as I was. We worked together for a year before I ever went to her house. I used to go to her office and speak to her when she was on a break. And what that did was it hindered the emotional, I couldn't cry, I couldn't get upset. I had to maintain because we were at a dental clinic. But anyway, um, uh, it is what it is. And um, I was so uncomfortable around people. Um, I found that being in a car, going to an OA function was almost unbearable. Because we did that a lot in the la- uh, where I was at. I grew up in OA in Georgia, and we'd go to retreats. Through, we'd, go, we'd go to retreats and conventions and all kinds of stuff. And the physical proximity inside a car, I was very uncomfortable. I'd much rather drive by myself. Um, Developing a relationship with God was a lot easier, and I got a lazy streak. So I started with that, and which really, thinking about it, it's not such a bad idea. Um, I made some progress in a way, like I say, late 80s, all through the 90s. But because of that on-again, off-again abstinence, and I never got really fat, well, partly because I was bulimic, and then partly because I had so much, I was abstinent, you know, um, two weeks, three Two weeks, two months, 11 months was the longest, nine months one time. So, and then the in-between didn't last that long, thankfully. So, um, uh, and I could really hide my pain because I looked fairly healthy. Oh, I wasn't healthy. Um, I'm happy to report that um, even though I still have a, a lot of uh, work to do, my most important relation is, is, is with God. I... Um, God is my number one relationship, um, and it, it fluctuates back and forth. Sometimes it, the second is me, sometimes it's my husband, but our marriage is like a triangle. I like the triangle because it's, oh, that's the other program. But anyway, it's, <laughs> the, God is the point of the triangle, and we're the other two corners. And it's the same thing with him. I don't come first. God, his God comes first, and then either he or me comes comes next and we like it that way and thankfully food is in its proper place one day at a time and when I start uh, back when I started away friendships with women were pretty much non-existent so I had to start somewhere and so I started with older women I could be dependent and then I made friends with younger women I could be in charge <laughs> and The last frontier was women my own age. And what do you know, God and Uncle Sam sent me to Europe, sent me to Germany, and 
there's not a lot of old women over there. And um, partly because of my rank, I really couldn't hang with girls, you know, young women. So um, I really had no choice. And I said, okay. And I, w- I was aware. I said, okay, God, you want me to make a friend with a woman my own age. And I, I made attempts, and I did it. Uh, I had some experience with that. And from, say, the early 90s to 2013, spaced out, I was very blessed with friendships with four women. And in uh, 2013, I'm, I'm watching you. 2013, um, a, fr- a friend of mine, she dumped me. But that's okay. The universe... And God knows that I'm open to friendship, and it will happen again. Just like, uh, you know, if you're struggling with abstinence, if you do the work, it will happen. Thanks, Audra. Our third speaker is Mish. a compulsive overeater. Well, and thank you uh, to both of you. I had no idea what I was going to say, so I was glad to be going last. Um, I've been abstinent by the grace of God and Overeaters Anonymous since April 1st, 1981. My top weight was, well, I stopped weighing around 175. I don't really know. I have no idea how much I weighed. And my bottom weight was 97 pounds because I I did a lot of binging and starving myself, um, and I would go up and down the scale like super fast. So, you know, high school would get out, it'd be, I'd be thin, and I'd come back after summer, and I'd be overweight again, and then, you know, I'd, I'd starve myself, and so it was definitely a yo-yo thing uh, for me. So um, I've been at a regular weight since, um, well, whenever that was, it was a long time ago. Um, but very, very grateful um, to have the recovery that I have um, today. And um, I, my body is a normal size. I can do a lot of things um, that I know I wouldn't get to do if I was not abstinent, for sure, because I, I wouldn't be able to. Um, so I just made a few notes about um, some of the, the topics I want to touch on. And one of them, and I think I'll just say this first because... Um, it's the hardest thing for me to say, so I'll just get it out of the way. Um, so I've, I've struggled with my, my sexuality my whole life. Not, not if I'm straight or not straight, I'm straight, but more like just trying to be, what, like what is femininity? I don't know. I had a lot of, I had a very strict religious upbringing. There was a lot of body shame, a lot of, you know, you know, you're basically from the head up, you know, and the rest of your body, don't touch it, don't look at it, you know, it's scary, you know, so, um, so there was a lot of just weird shit, or, oh, sorry, <laughs> but anyway, weird, weird stuff around, around, like, what you look like, what you wore, um, my, um, my, you know, like, I grew up in the 70s. Everybody wore halter tops and short shorts and fringe this and whatever. And, you know, I had to, like, sneak out of the house because my dad wouldn't let me wear any of that stuff. So I'd have to sneak down, you know, go down the street and change my clothes into my halter top and my short shorts. Um, and um, so, but 
but I think over time to because like just any anything that caused me to be vulnerable and I think like my my femininity makes me feel vulnerable so I kind of created like this and I still have it this like really tough exterior and but inside I'm crying just I just want you to know that um, I have I do have this this like outer shell and I and I use it to keep people away um, so not you people but just people those people out there um, and so uh, so that's and that's hard for me to admit and it's hard for me to um, like how do I you know I'm, I'm 55 you know so I was like man I better get this figured out pretty soon because it's going downhill already um, <laughs> anyway, and then I think the other thing that is really hard for me to admit after just being in OA for as long as I have and being abstinent is that, you know, I have had a really hard time with relationships, with obsession with relationships. There's a whole other program for that, and I go there. Um, but just obsession with relationships, bad relationships, with alcoholics especially, the, the more sick they are, the more I run toward them. Um, <laughs> And that's, you know, maybe that's childhood, maybe, I don't know, whatever. But, um, so I've had, I've had a lot of, like, just bad relationships. Um, and um, I have a disease around, like, my thinking, and I think it manifests in a lot of different ways. And so I, one of the things that I know I do, and, well, I would like to say did, but I think I still do, is that I... Um, my self-esteem is based on how people look at me, how I look, you know, who I'm with, you know. And so I'm always looking outside of myself for that thing that's going to make me feel like, oh, I'm okay. Because I've got this man, I've got whatever, mostly this man. <laughs> and um, uh, and so, so that's been really hard for me to, like pull away from that, like getting that self-esteem and that status, um, from a relationship. So, um, so that's been really quite a struggle for me in addition to, um, obsession with relationships. I think I'm just really obsessed with them. I know I'm supposed to talk about good stuff and I will in a second. Um, because the, the truth is that all these things that I've gone through have brought me closer to my higher power. And I feel, thank you. Wow, 10 more minutes already? I mean, I'd like, oh. Um, I feel like all these things that I've, I've gone through, whether they're self-imposed or whatever, have, have all got me closer to a, a loving relationship with a higher power because that's what makes me feel okay in my body and in myself and, um, and looking outside of myself for the validation and the self-esteem and all those things just got me in really, really bad situations. So, um, so what's been really good for me is that I've been just really praying super hard lately and, um, to have my higher power, just give me that the self-esteem and the, and the, um, the self-esteem, I guess is, you know, um, that, that, that because just because I don't have to have a reason, like I don't have to have whatever status or what have you that just because I'm here is reason enough to feel good about myself and that's really hard you know I've gone my whole life not feeling very good about myself for you know I'm a compulsive reader I have a disease that tells me that you know I'm bad I'm dumb I'm ugly I'm fat I'm this and I you know so um 
so I um, so I'm really asking my higher power for for some relief and just completely surrendering everything um, to my higher power and feeling actually feeling really good about myself and um, feeling like I am um, I'm good company I'm a great partner you know I, I I like to do a lot of fun stuff I don't like to do a lot of girly things although I'm wearing pink today just because I thought well sexuality I'm, I'm gonna wear pink but um, but I like to do a lot of not girly things too you know uh, I'm an avid cyclist and I you know I like to hike I like to get dirty you know I, I, I'd like to do a lot of this fun stuff so 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 there's there's always this you know I'm, I'm very um, Oh, that's what I'm looking for. Well, I'm a lot of things, but the the reality is that I um, I have to embrace who I am as a as a complete package, not just you know. Well, I'm only okay if this or that or the other, um, and um, so that's what I've really been working on right now, and and getting self esteem from um, from myself. That's why it's called self esteem. It's not called other person esteem. <laughs> it's not called you know tall, dark, and handsome man in your life esteem. No, it's called self-esteem. So that means where do you get self-esteem? Hmm. Get it from yourself. I hope. Well, that's what I'm working on anyway. So, um, so, so right now, just in my life, I've, um, I was got married. That was a bad decision. I got divorced. That was a good decision. Um, I've had various relationships over the years. I, I'm currently not in a relationship, and I feel actually pretty good about that because what happens for me a lot of the time, too, is that um, I'm not as engaged in my life as when I am when I'm not in a relationship. So I feel really, really happy right now because there's a lot of things going on in my life, and I know that I can be available for the people who need me because I'm not distracted by by somebody else so my mom is almost 91 she's not doing too well I spend a lot of time with her and I know that if I if I if my circumstances in my life weren't the way they are right now I wouldn't be spending as much time with her and I'm just so grateful to have this time that I'm spending with her and that I'm really engaged I'm not like I'm with her but my head is somewhere else I'm actually when I'm spending time with her I'm actually with her and I feel really good about that um, I have a teenage daughter who um, is uh, going off to college in the fall. That's kind of freaking me out a little. Um, I, have a, uh, I have a great relationship with her when either we're on vacation or we're nowhere near each other. And um, right now we're nowhere near each other because she's, um, she went on a trip to Europe with a friend. So they're backpacking their way through Europe. And, um, and it's, it's great. We get along so well. So we're getting along great right now. I'm really happy about that. Um, but, you know, all these relationships, not just intimate. And, and I think my relationship with my mother and my daughter and my family, those are all intimate relationships. These are not just like, you know, casual. I mean, these are intimate relationships. These people push my buttons, you know. These people, I, thank you, um, I love dearly. And um, I've known these people, you know, all my sisters are older than me, my mom, I've known them my whole life. And so, so I want to have healthy relationships with everybody. It doesn't, just because I'm single doesn't mean I don't have healthy relationships with people. And I really want to have healthy relationships with people. And that means that I have to be loving and accepting and tolerant. Ugh. 
of, of people as they are because because when I'm not then I'm crazy because I can't you know I can't engage very well with people when I can't accept people as they are I have a lot of alcoholism in my family it's just everywhere and so um, it's really hard for me sometimes to be loving and tolerant and accepting of people and sometimes I just have to take some space because it's hard for me to be around I'm the only one in my program uh, my program who's in the family I'm the only one in my family who's in the program and so um, there's not a lot of support around having healthy relationships um, on their end and and not on mine either you know because it's hard for me it's hard for me to have healthy relationships with with people who are in my opinion, not healthy, me included, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a dynamic. So, um, again, I have to ask my higher power. My higher power is like my, you know, is my, is my go-to, you know, and that a lot of the time I just have to just pray my ass off that I, um, that, that my higher power help these people to find and do my higher, their higher powers will, because I can't, I can't fix it. I can't change it. And I, but I still have to have relationships. I don't like to cut people out of my life, um, so I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Though no, that means I have to engage and I have to be as loving and tolerant as I can. So um, let me just see if there's any other thing um, that I wanted to say here. I think I pretty much, pretty much covered everything. So I guess I'm done. Thank you. Thank you, Mish. Um, first, let's thank our speakers for sharing their experience. Drink and hope. Okay, good. And would you three come up and take seats? Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, we've got like a bajillion questions. So um, consequently, uh, we're not going to get to all of them. I'm going to try to sort them as best I can and bunch them together as need be. So... Um, at what point in your physical recovery did you accept your body as good enough? My body is never good enough. It, I don't think I don't think it will ever get there. I think that my that when I think about my body and, and how I I mean I think of my fourteen year old body as the peak, you know, and that's it's sick. It is sick. Um, so I had to accept. And um, just love it exactly as it is, as I said before. Anybody else want to address that one? There's a couple of questions about after significant weight loss, what is most helpful in accepting my saggy skin and feeling self-esteem enough to risk having sexual relationships? <laughs> I'm the one with the loose skin. <laughs> My weight loss was only 30 pounds, but if you, I suppose if you added up all the times I gained and lost, it's more than that. Um, I love myself. I'm just, I'm so grateful for being abstinent, and on Monday morning, I can wear any article of clothing in my closet that I want to. Remember those stretchy morning Mondays, loose clothes on Monday? I don't have to do that anymore. I'm so grateful for that. And I know I am not my body. 
this is my earth suit that God has given me to, to cover my bones, and I, it's what I need. I'm a spiritual being inside this. I think it looks pretty good, and so I have this. I don't care. I earn this. Love it. Um, what about dating while early in abstinence? Thoughts? Well, you know, they say to wait a year, and I know I did. Um, of course, I was in, I was a long time ago, but um, it was really good for me to um, get my recovery kind of going. And so I and I tell my sponsees to to not make any major changes, whether getting in a relationship, getting out of a relationship, um, to to. I, I needed to focus on my recovery first and foremost because I, if anything is going to make me go out, it's going to be probably dating. And so I need to have as strong a program as possible. And so um, working the steps um, and kind of focusing energy there, I think, would be a good idea. Just real quick, I, I, I would also totally agree, and that is my opinion, that... Um, to take time off um, from dating. And I think I got, um, I started dating and I was in program um, when I realized I didn't need anybody. Um, when I could live by myself, be happy by myself, and that it was just kind of like a bonus and that there was going to be someone out there to give me a bonus that I couldn't give to myself. But, um, but I had to get to the point where I didn't need anybody. This one's to anyone. How do you bring God into your sexuality, your body image, your relationships? <laughs> Good question. Huh? Good question. I'll tell you. Go for it. Um, sometimes I pray before having it, uh, intimacy with my husband because um, sometimes I still have difficulties. And um, one of the things that... Uh, because God is part of my marriage, part of my relationship, um, and actually, I, um, he's part of everything I do, and I sometimes pray to ask, I ask him to help me relax and let what's going to happen be a gift to my partner rather than what I can get out of it. It is an expression of love that... Um, uh, I just, I just ask God to help me. Part of my spiritual journey has been to not be so closed off. I really feel like um, that my, I have like, uh, when I was not doing well before and now I have recovery, I was very closed off. I needed to protect myself. And I'm putting my arms around me just to, you know, show you, like, we, we do this. Um, and so part of my spiritual journey has been to, to open up my heart. Um, and, and I work with my higher power to open up my heart, not only to, to give love and to um, kind of just expand my love and my energy to people, but to receive it. And I think... Um, Receiving is, is really hard. 
Uh, and so that's, I work with my higher power to um, open up my heart to receiving the love that other people have to give to me. And if I'm closed down and having sex, that's not fun. I mean, the other person will know it. I know it. It, it just does not become fun. Um, it's more fun when I'm more open, and that has been a journey. Now, there's about 15 variations on a theme, but they relate to... How do you... No, no, not this one. Um, do you still see yourself as fat? How do you overcome that? How do you accept it? How do you deal with it? Is there a way that you can deal with your own acceptance? Go for it, Misha. Boy, that's a really great question, and um, I, um, I struggle with that. I, I don't have any idea what I look like, to be honest. I really don't. I know what size I wear, and I know it's a small size, so I figure I, I, I look okay. Um, but it, it is hard. Um, I've had a distorted body image my whole life. I don't think I ever really knew how I looked. I, I, I just didn't. Even when I was 97 pounds, I thought I was fat. I mean, I just really, there's like that, that strange mental blank spot or something, I don't know, but there's like something in my brain that just doesn't register very well. And so I just have to focus my, my attention on that I'm abstinent today, that my food is clean, that um, I stay close to my higher power and that I'm of service and I don't try and think about what I look like or, you know, what my thighs look like or anything. Um, and that seems to get me through... Um, and not be crazy. Anybody else? <coughs> have any of you had to face the fear that if you lose weight, you'll have to deal with unwanted sexual attention? And if so, how did you work through that? It's by establishing boundaries. I have boundaries for myself. Um, I have trust in myself. It's it's putting that those that priority of relationships first, so that I trust myself. So that if something, someone was inappropriate, I trust myself to deal with it appropriately. No, um, I think that when I think maybe the unwanted part is when we're not feeling good about ourselves and um, get attention. And so um, it just goes back to you know, loving yourself first um, because then any attention you get, it, 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 it can bounce off or it, could, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter what's going on out there as long as you're good in, inside. Okay. How do you accept the differences with your partner? especially around spiritual practice. I think it would work on any differences. Um, I did mention that my, uh, my husband you know, has a relationship with God. Um, it, we've talked about it. He's, he's very respectful of my denomination and my uh, beliefs and, and sort of thing. His are a little, a little different, um, but nothing really clashes. The one thing we do agree on 
is that we're not God and somebody, you know, somebody else is. Um, very blessed to, um, and I'm, there was a time I would rather have sex with you than to pray with you because praying is so intimate. But anyway, um, we actually get on our knees every morning and every night and, uh, and pray, uh, usually, uh, well, a program prayer or Sundays is the Lord's Prayer, but uh, Saturday through su- uh, Saturday, Saturday, whatever. Uh, the other days were program prayers. Um, I, I feel so comfortable and I trust him so much that... The, the differences are okay, and um, he's very, like I say, he's very respectful of my practice. I don't try to convert him, um, and and I want to be humble enough. Maybe I can learn something from him too. After being promiscuous, is it difficult to be in a healthy relationship? I forgot to mention I'm in my fourth marriage but um, (laughs) that part about taking a break I didn't do that until after the third divorce (laughs) Um, yes there sometimes there's difficulty because um, I've been with men that were a little bit more endowed <laughs> than my current husband but um, I thought oh my goodness um, it really doesn't make a difference well not that much and <laughs> one, one thing I did ask him I, 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 I talked to him I said years from now because this is the one that's going to stick I said years from now when I'm delirious I'm sick I'm dying I'm on morphine whatever when I call out somebody else's name, you need to forgive me. <laughs> I don't think I should follow up after that. <laughs> um, promiscuity for me was just always trying to find that self-validation from someone else. So... Um, to be in a healthy relationship means to absolutely trust that person. And I can say I've been with um, my fiancé now for two and a half years. And I really, truly believe that sex can it only gets better. So why would I keep wanting to have one-night stands? Because that's really uncomfortable and it's scary and you don't know the person. I mean, as I'm with someone for a long time, it just gets better and better. And I know there's so much more for us to get to, and, and I look forward to that. Do you ever envy others' physical recovery? I, some, one of my main groups that I go to, there's quite a few women that make me look overweight in my mind. And I am sometimes, my brain, my disease will tell me, well, your food is not as clean as theirs. Or, you know, you don't measure enough, and you'd be, if you measured, you'd be as thin as they are. I actually kind of think that of Mish, because I see her every Saturday. 
And, um, but truth is, if someone looks better than me, I don't follow them home. I don't know what they're doing. They might be compulsively over-exercising. Who knows? Unless I really get to know them as a person, I don't know if they're truly, you know, you know, super good with their food and just do a little bit of exercise. Um, and when I do get a little jealous or, or envious, that's a red flag from my higher power telling me, okay, except, you know, I made you just like I made her. I love you just as much as I love her. Now get over it. <laughs> I've never been molested, but I'm here because I'm very uneasy with my body parts showing even in clothes and others when they are barely dressed. Your thoughts? It's kind of still the uneasy. Um, you know, gosh, that's kind of thought-provoking in a, in a way that um, I, I think for me, like, everybody is, is human and human beings are very imperfect so I know that I am and my I've got you know all kinds of stuff that I don't like to look at <laughs> and um, and other people do do too so I guess I guess we're all just you know I like the we're all in our earth earth suits and um, I don't have to compare and despair or or in any way feel like I am just an, an appendage um, and that I can just be accepting um, and not have to have, the, have it be like, oh, my body has to be perfect before I can, you know, have an intimate relationship. Because that will never happen then. I would say... You know, if you don't want to show anything, you don't have to. And just accept exactly where you are. If that's, if that's what you're feeling like right now, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, if, if it's you're feeling like you want more out of life and you want to share your body but you're scared about that, um, I would hope that you, find, you could find a partner that you could really trust. And, um, you know, you start with the lights off. <laughs> okay, what are the best ways to make and maintain female friendships? I have a ton of female friends. I love my women friends. And um, I, I've never had trouble with friendships with women. So it's, it's easy for me, and it comes naturally, because I, I guess I feel like this just natural kinship. Um, and, you know, people are busy, and so I have, uh, the thing I think that's hard is, you know, a lot of my friends are married or in relationships, so they don't have as much time as I have to hang out and do stuff. And so I don't take that personally. But, um, you know, I've met people at the gym or um, people at work. I mean, it's it's... As I, as I, the older I get, I think the harder it feels like to make new friends. Um, but they're like, they're so precious to me. And, you know, I'm sorry for the men, but, you know, in OA, there's so many women. I, it's so easy for me to find new friends from um, OA members. So, and I think OA members are really a safe place to start. Like, I can, I can make friends and spend time with OA people 
and learn some skills that I can that are transferable out to the, the other people that aren't in OA. Uh, real quickly, and I hope this doesn't sound wrong, but you don't have to like everyone. I think that I have um, been really selective about the people who I'm, I am intimate and I trust and I am very honest with. Um, I can be friendly with everyone, but my close women friends are people that um, I really, really like and I respect, and they mentor me in some way, and I mentor them in some way. And um, it may only be a handful, but I am very, very grateful for those women. And so I just I try to give my permission, myself permission that I don't I don't have to like every. I mean, of course I love everyone, but I don't have to make them my best friends. Um, so I'm very selective. Okay. That was the last question. So um, thank you. So we're going to close the session now. What? Another question? Oh, again, the same announcement. As of 5 o'clock tonight, we have a few more Saturday dinner and Sunday breakfast speaker event tickets available for sale. Dinner is 50. Breakfast is 30. Go to the registration table on the second floor to get your tickets. So that's just right outside here. Okay. Um, please stand and let's make a big old honkin' circle and join hands and close with what do we want? I put my hand in yours. Love that.